How are we doing out there, y'all? How are we doing? Feeling good? Looking good? Burned out, maybe? What do you think? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited to be with you today. Today, what we're going to be talking about is burnout. And who here feels like this is a topic that you are intimately associated with on some level? You just understand just those words. Like, hello. Oh. Right? So... This is all about how to recover from burnout. And so let's just dive right in, shall we? So let's first define terms. So what is burnout? Put your definition of burnout in the chat. What would you call it? If you're here with us live, what would you what would you call burnout? Are we so burned out that we can't answer? Exo- emotional, spiritual exhaustion, when I just can't. Yes. Pride. That's right. Yeah. So we all have a sense of what this could be. Okay. Too much. Keep going when there's so much on my body, overcapacity, fatigue, fry. Yeah. Okay, great. So here's our common definition. And it's just going to come from Webster's. Okay. Super basic. Exhaustion of physical or emotional strength or motivation, usually as a result of prolonged stress. Make sense? And here's the deal. It's strength and or motivation. So it's both. It's not just, can I get through this? It's, do I want to? Right? Because at some point it's like, I can, but I just don't want to. I just, I don't, I don't want to anymore. Who follows? This makes sense. Right. And so it's important that we have that. So let's kind of dive in a little bit to what the literature says. So overall, burnout is an individual response. So everyone has a different response. The chronic work stress that develops progressively and can eventually become chronic, causing health alterations. Okay. And so what this means is it's not like a moment. It's like subtle. It sneaks up on you. It sneaks, right? Burnout is uh, there anybody sneaky. What's that Adam Sandler movie where he has like the kind of the butler? He's like, you underestimate my sneakiness, right? Like that, 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 that to me is what burnout is really all about, right? Is it's like sneaky. It's like just kind of creeps up and like, you're fine, but then you're not fine. And it almost feels like a all at once moment, but it actually has been creeping up slowly. Does that make sense, y'all? That makes sense, right? Okay. And so like from a psychological perspective, uh, burnout causes damage at a cognitive level over time. So all this chronic fatigue and chronic inflammation, we have cognitive damage, we have emotional damage, and um, attitudinal damage, meaning like our attitude starts to suck. We start to have a negative attitude, and it turns into negative behavior towards work, towards your peers, towards other people, and towards maybe whatever profession that you might be in, right? Who knows what I'm talking about here? Anybody can be like, yes, I understand. Okay. So common, there are three common signs of burnout. There are many more, but there's emotional exhaustion. There's cynicism or depersonalization and reduced personal achievement. And it really starts with, I think, a sense of reduced personal achievement. When you start to look at the effort that you're putting into something, but the reward or what you're getting back is less. It's almost like you're putting in more. You're getting putting in twice as much to get half as much, right? So it's like two times the effort and half the reward. That's called personal efficacy, right? Who follows? This makes sense, Right. And eventually that starts to create some cynicism, like, so what, why am I doing this? And depersonalization, which is basically like, like you're irritable. You don't see the people as caring other people. They're just these other things. And then there's this exhaustion and it kind of happens kind of all at once. It's not working no matter what I do. It's never going to work. Everybody else is just in my way and I'm tired. Send me to rehab. <laughs> right? Who falls? This makes sense, y'all? Right? So. We'll make sure that we're kind of on the same level here, right? And when we look at self-efficacy, right? What happens is there's an efficacy crisis. So that means that you're not getting the results that you would normally get. And there's low personal realization. So your potential is not being realized, right? You're not actualizing what's possible for you, which leads to exhaustion, 
and cynicism and depersonalization. So that's kind of the process of how we go from regulated to burned out. And there's a, a process. And the thing is, if we can catch it sooner, everything starts to shift, everything starts to change. But who here can kind of see yourself in this cycle here of like losing that self-efficacy, finally getting all the way to cynicism, okay? So let's talk about the sneaky, sneaky, sneaky McSneakerson of why this happens, okay? It's called allostatic load, okay? And what happens is when we have too much allostatic load, our um, circumstances facilitate a lack of uh, efficacy and our expectations shift and we get into a crisis where we have negative experience of failure in the past because we're so stressed. We have a lack of reference models who have gone through a similar experience. So there's, we're kind of isolated by ourselves. So outside load increases. We have lack of external reinforcement positively for the work that we are doing. We have lack of feedback on work completed and too much negative criticism, and we have difficulties at work. Louis feels like, oh, shit, this is my life, <laughs> right? This is why it's so important to understand, well, what is allostatic load? So allostatic load is chronic stress that causes stress hormones to strain your biological system. It puts you in survival. It puts you on defense. It's a sympathetic response at first, and it's cumulative. It's not a one-time thing. So it just goes on and on and on and on and on and it and it and it starts to creep up on you, right? And so what we have to realize is that there is a direct relationship between uh, maintained levels of chronic stress, allostatic load, and burnout, right? So burnout is sort of a sign that you have too much stress and you're taking on too much. Who follows? Does this make sense? Y'all with me so far? Yes. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So. Let's talk about then a polyvagal perspective on burnout. Okay. So what we know through polyvagal theory, which I'm not going to do a whole recap of the whole thing, but what we know through our nervous system is it's phylogenetic and it's a hierarchy. What does that mean? It means that we have three states or three levels, like a ladder. We have our ventral complex. We have our sympathetic nervous system and our dorsal vagal complex. Ventral and dorsal are part of the sympathetic nervous system. I'm sorry, the parasympathetic nervous system. And basically, you can think about the higher up you are on the ladder, the lower levels of allostatic load you have. So the reason why we do green, yellow, and red is it's really a color coding for how much stress you experience, right? Because when we're in a ventral state, we're regulated, our prefrontal cortex is working, we have really healthy heart rate variability and vagal tone, we have social connection, right? We're in a ventral state, stress increases, we drop down to sympathetic, fight or flight, anxiety, et cetera. Allostatic load increases, we drop down to dorsal. Who follows? Does this make sense? Right? So you can think about the higher up you are on the ladder, the less allostatic load or stress that you have. Okay? Are you with me on that? Just for context, okay? And you, so you can think about these three systems of systems of engagement, systems of mobilization, and systems of disconnection. Okay? And when we talk about most burnout, what happens is most of us get stuck in sympathetic stress because our society rewards it. How much could you get done? We brag about how much sleep we didn't get. We try to overwork. We try to prove ourselves. We try to do all these types of things, right? And we get stuck in stress. In fact, that's all we start to know. And over time, nervous system states become personality traits over time. If you're in a certain state long enough, it becomes a trait. We have epigenetic changes that hold you in sympathetic and that's when it's just like, go, 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 go. And I would argue that the majority of biohackers have figured out lots of ways to be in sympathetic longer. 
right? Modafinil, coffee, all this shit, right? It's like, let's just sympathetic out. Let's get more shit done on our own, right? The problem is, is what happens if you get sympathetic for too long? You get up super early. You're not getting any sleep. What happens? What, what happens? Just based on what we know about polyvagal, right? We what? That's right. We eventually get kicked into dorsal and we have a dorsal shutdown. And to me, burnout is when sympathetic is no longer working and our body is out of resources, out of capacity, and we're just in dorsal and we're stopped. We're just, we're just stuck and we're tired. And then it's like, okay, let me just up my Adderall. Let me just up my caffeine. Let me just up this. Let me just go into an ice bath. Let me just do whatever it takes to get out of dorsal. The problem is then your body starts talking, doesn't it? Right? You get the physical pain. Who's ever had physical pain as a result of burnout? Let me see my show of hands. Okay. So what this means is that over time, nervous system states become personality traits. And once you get stuck in dorsal, then you're basically, how should I put this? F. <laughs> okay. Because the problem is, it's like, hmm, once I get stuck in dorsal and I'm both depressed, I tend to do things that depress me further. Reach for the substance, reach for the drug, reach for the alcohol, reach for the whatever that is a further depressant. And I also tend to isolate when I'm in dorsal. I shut down. I hide. Right. And I start to become more and more and more isolated. You throw a pandemic on top of that. You throw COVID on top of that. You throw all the crazy polarization of the world on top of that. And a lot of us have been sucking dorsal and we don't know how to get out. Who follows? Does this make sense, y'all? Okay. And so the basic idea here is that as allostatic load increases, we go down the polyvagal ladder. Okay. So what that, let me show you the ladder again. So we have ventral, regulated, social. Pro-social, healing, growing, loving, caring, reductive, regulated, right? More stress, we drop down to sympathetic. Let's go. Let's crush it. Let's drink coffee. Let's take Adderall. Let's do modafinil. Let's do XYZ biohack. Whatever we got to do, to we're going to crush it, right? And then eventually it's like you. <laughs> and we just, right? Who follows? Does this make sense? Okay. So now let's go a little bit deeper, okay? We can be trained for burnout from childhood. Our childhoods, depending on how we were raised, can actually train you and make you more susceptible to burnout through this idea of what's called parentification, okay? So parentification is when a child is assigned adult responsibility in the family, right? Or you just take it on yourself because you realize nobody around here is capable. I'm going to do it. You know, my parents can't do it. No one's here. No one's showing up. I'm going to be three, I'm going to be four, I'm going to be five years old, and I'm going to handle this. Who here feels like you had a version of that growing up? Let me see my show of hands. Okay. So what happens when we get into parentified childhood is we have too much allostatic load for that child. But the problem is being in a state of too much stress for you becomes associated in your nervous system with physical safety and proximity to your family. So what that means is you learn when you're really young, if you take on more than you can handle, you'll be physically safe and you'll have close relationships. And then that becomes default into adulthood. Does that make sense, y'all? I'll let that one sink in for a second. Okay. So basically what we're saying is over-responsibility equals love. Okay. 
Over-responsibility equals safety. Over-responsibility means no one else can handle it, but I will. And I have no idea how to recruit support. Right? Who follows? Does this make sense? Okay? So the problem is, is that we get stuck in sympathetic or dorsal from a young age, and we don't even know what ventral really is. We've never really even experienced it in so many ways, right? Until we go on an ayahuasca retreat and we go, oh my God, this is amazing. And then right back into responsibility, right? Who falls? That makes sense. Or you're like, you know what? I'm going to take a vacation. But the only way I know how to take a vacation is in sympathetic. So I take a sympathetic vacation and I come back in dorsal from my vacation, (laughs) right? And that is not what we want. We want to learn how to get into a better state more often because states become traits, okay? Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.